Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about living on the straight and narrow path. The beauty about obedience is I pay the cost right now and God helps me and I gain the benefit on the way. But the problem is the many don't want to bear the cost now. Disobedience for the men has seemed so wise, so expedient, it's the best thing. But the thing is, down the road, you pick up the tab and you wish you could go back, but you can't. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. One of the fundamentals in running in a track race is to stay in your own lane. Crossing the line leads to immediate disqualification. Now, in the same way, Christians are called to run their own race. And Pastor Xavier says those who want an even closer relationship with the Father will run according to rules already laid out for us in the Word of God. Let's join him in Matthew chapter 7 as he brings us today's challenging message, the straight and narrow. Jesus is finalizing the Sermon on the Mount here when he gets to chapter 7. And he has been talking to his disciples. The topic is the kingdom and the life of the kingdom. And here now in chapter 7, chapter 7 deals with various aspects of judgment and discernment regarding the kingdom. And he's winding his message down, and when he gets down to verse 13, he begins by making an appeal to the kingdom. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. First, there are two gates that Jesus says exist in this life. The one is a wide gate. Anyone can get through that gate. Anything can be brought along in that gate. It makes no difference. There's no discretion. The second gate is a very narrow gate. That means that only certain people can get in it and you can only bring certain things. Everything that you have in life, everything you come across in life will be one of these two gates. Either that gate will be lined up with the kingdom of God or that gate will be lined up with the kingdom of hell. He gives us two destinies. The one leads to destruction. Not just of what is here now, but what follows afterwards for all eternity. The emphasis is kingdom, eternity. The other is the destiny that leads to life. He moves on. And he gives the caution while on the road to the kingdom. Verses 15 through 23. First, there are those who sound and look like Christians, but do not live as Christians. Verses 15 through 20. Notice in verse 15 there, Beware of false prophets who come to you as sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Their identity is ravenous wolves. They're not really sheep. They look like sheep. They smell like sheep. They sound like sheep. But if you lift the cloak... It's a wolf. You see, wolves don't come into the body saying, Hi, man, what's for dinner? I'm the wolf. No. They come in looking like Christians. Sounding like Christians. But they're not Christians. They have self-interest, self-gain, self-exaltation. 
Read Timothy. Read 2 Peter 2. They try to merchandise you. They're in it for themselves. They have false motives. They have false identity. They talk so spiritual. They almost intimidate you, don't they? Only if you're not grounded in the Word of God. If you don't know the Word of God, then you can't discern who is spiritual and who is not. And therefore, you're open for deception. Notice, now you've entered the gate. You're down the narrow way. And here comes all these guys that want to take you over to the Broadway. Not the one you go get close, but the Broadway. Okay? The one to destruction. And the more you hear them, the better it sounds. The more you hear their tapes and their teachings, the more possible it seems. The more rational it becomes. But it doesn't fit. It's like putting a round peg in a square hole. If you try hard enough, you can get it in. But God help the peg or the hole. It's never going to be the same. Jesus warned later on in the Olivet Discourse there in Matthew 24, verse 4, the first things he said after he says, when shall all these things be, the signs of your coming and the ending of the age? And he says, don't let no one deceive you. Very first words out of his mouth. And in verse 11 says, many false prophets. Interesting. Notice secondly in verses 16 through 18 that their deeds give away their life. Not their teaching. The emphasis is not on teaching here. You will know them by their fruits. The illustration of do men gather um, grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Of course not. So even every tree that bears good fruit and the bad tree will bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear good fruit. Bad fruit or a bad tree bear good fruit. It's got to line up with the tree. An apple tree never gives cherries. It's got to line up. You turn on the faucet, water comes out, not milk. Unless you have a cow hooked up under there. It's the only way. The, the content, the manifestation will be linked to the source. James says, you know, out of the mouth we, we bless God and we curse men. Brother, these, are, these things are not to be. And so the emphasis here is not so much on teaching, though we know that they come in with false teaching. Peter takes care of that and so are their scriptures. Here it is on lifestyle. Jesus says, look at their lives. That's the test here. Verses 16 through 18 give us that. And look at verse 20. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Their lives give them away. What they're teaching is right on. Jesus says, hey, listen, what the Pharisees are telling you, hey, they're telling you right but they're not living the life and they're in it for themselves. Their destiny is in verse 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Make no mistake, not one of these people will enter the kingdom of God. The second caution is found in verses 21 through 23. Notice first that mere profession does not get you into the kingdom, but doing the will of the Father. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. One day the Pharisees were asking Jesus about his credentials, and he says, This is the work of the Father, that you might believe in him whom he has sent. Now, if you say you believe in Jesus Christ, then you are saying you have entered the straight gate and you're walking down the narrow way. Make no confusion of that. You cannot be like the world, neither can I. I may want to be in my flesh, but I'm to crucify my flesh and live and walk in the Spirit of God, renewing my mind, resisting the devil, drawing close to God, bringing my thoughts into captivity, crucifying my flesh, and walking in the Spirit. I am not like those in the world. I don't live of the world, but I do live in the world. The boat belongs in the water, but if the water gets in the boat, the boat gets in trouble. Keep the water out of the boat. And the only way that can be done is by the blood of Jesus Christ. No other way. So mere profession does not get you into the kingdom, but only doing the will of the Father. What is His will? You'll find it in the Word of God. You won't find it mysteriously. You'll find it in the revealed will of God. And once you think you have accomplished the revealed word of God, which is quite a, an agenda, then you can ask him about specific things for your life. And then he will have evidence that what you have read, you've obeyed. Therefore, what he reveals, you'll obey. But if you're not obeying what he has revealed in print, don't deceive yourself thinking you're going to obey what he tells you to do that's not in print. You'll never do it. You may come to pray, oh God, just show me. Well, you haven't obeyed this yet. What makes you think you're going to obey what I tell you? And whatever God tells you it will always line up with the Word of God because God's not the author of confusion. The Scriptures are the standard. But notice, secondly, that many will use the name of Christ even to manifest the supernatural but not enter the kingdom of God. Verse 22. You will say to me, Lord, Lord, this is the second time. Double emphasis. Their devotion. Their seeming sincerity. Have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Done many wonders in your name? Look how much they are like the Christian. They teach the right things. They're even manifesting supernatural things. The bottom line, Jesus says, I never knew you. You want to talk about some cold, lifeless, shocking words to hear standing before Christ. I never knew you. Eternity is on the line. I never knew you. Where are you at today? Have you entered in the straight gate? Are you walking down the narrow way? If not, He will say to you one day, I never knew you. And there will be absolutely nothing you can do about it.
nothing. Notice that every one of these sections deals with judgment. He began chapter 7 with not judging critically others in a censorious way, always finding fault. And he says the solution to that is verses 7 through 12. Ask God for wisdom and pray. Don't depend on your own little brain. And then he makes the appeal to make judgment on the gate and the way you will travel. Then he pleads with you to make judgment on those who you hear and those who you see that they're lined up with the kingdom. And he finishes and closes the Sermon on the Mount with the section, verses 24 through 29. The test whether you have entered the kingdom by the narrow gate and traveling down the confined way. Your personal test. You can know. Here it is. Therefore, conclusion of the whole matter. Whenever there's a therefore, you better look back. It's connected to what precedes it. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was found on the rock. First, the wise man, verses 24 and 25. He hears, here's the key, and obeys the word of God. James says, don't be just a hearer, but be a doer, lest you be like that man that goes before the mirror, looks at his mug and says, oh, that looks good, and walks away, and then he says, what in the heck did I look like? A mirror is to show you the flaws. How many of you, when you before you came to church this morning, especially young ladies and aged women, um, that's what the Bible calls you, that's not an insult, um, got in front of the mirror, and you looked at yourself and your hair wasn't right. You said, oh, that's good. Well, I'll leave it like that. No, you get in front of the mirror to make sure it's right. You're putting your lipstick on, it's crooked. No, you get it out and you put it right. You want to look your best. So you go before a mirror to correct what is wrong. He says, if you are hearing the word of God with no intention to correct it, you're like a blind man looking into a mirror. It makes no difference. There is no adjustment made. The wise man hears and he does. Now notice the illustration. He is like one who builds his house on the rock. Here's a mistake of this passage that is made often. We say, I am on the rock. I'm saved. I've accepted Christ. I've made a decision. But that's not what this passage is saying. The passage is saying that if you are a doer of the word, you're on the rock. Don't tell me you've entered in this, the gate. Don't tell me you're on the way. Are you a doer? Are you obedient to the word of God? If you are obedient to the word of God, then the way you're traveling is narrow and the gate you enter was narrow. But if you're hearing and not doing, then you're traveling on the broad way and you've entered in the wide gate. And what you're saying doesn't line up with the scriptures. You can examine your own life. Now I hope that you know I'm not talking about perfection this morning. Because I would fall short. But you are purposely, diligently, and agonizing to please your master. 
and you are walking in the Spirit. And you say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Jesus categorically here does not say, and please let me emphasize because I've been mentioned about the behavioral modification. He does not say, if it's not too tough. Categorically says here, who hears my word and obeys them. That means whether you were abused by your father, by your mother, verbally, physically, sexually. That means whether you blew it sexually in the world. That means whether you were raped. That means whether you were neglected. Categorically, Jesus says, who hears my word and does them. He says, everybody can do it if I am in them. You have your difficulties and so do I. But Jesus is the common denominator. What you and I need is to die to self, get our eyes on Jesus, get into the Word of God and know it, bring our thoughts into captivity, put on the armor of God, and go to battle, man. And realize as I have been forgiven and made new, I am to forgive that God may make new others. Sin has to stop with me. No one but me. Then I can live. Then I can have hope. Any other way is the broad way. I hope you understand I'm not talking about medical conditions. If you're sick, go see a doctor after you pray. And if the Lord doesn't touch you. Psychologists deal with the suki, which is the soul. The Bible tells me that only God can deal with the soul. Man doesn't know the soul. And we are opting out for all these options that are keeping us carnal, weak, anemic, and on the broad way. He wants you to go through the straight and narrow. And you'll be the better for it. But it's painful, absolutely. But it makes me having to deny myself right on. The choice is yours. The wise man. His house stands in the storms of life. And the storms will come. These men both built the house. Same material. Everything was the same. What was the key? The foundation. What's the foundation? Don't tell me just Jesus Christ. This context is obeying the Word of God. This is the foundation in the context. Your obedience, my obedience to the Word of God. If I'm not obeying the Word of God, I've got no foundation. And when the storms come, my house will fall because I am not obeying. We have the foolish man. Verses 26 to 27. He hears... But he doesn't obey the word of God in verse 26. He is like one who builds his house on sand. As long as the storms don't come, he's all right. But when the storms come, and they will come, his house falls. He is a fool. And see, many of these people 
can get by because they're walking through with their own energies and they have this exterior covering. But when the real tests of life come, where your husband commits adultery, your wife commits adultery, your wife or her husband says, you know, I don't love you anymore. Your children get in trouble. Your child dies. You lose your house. You lose your job. You lose your health. Then comes the test of life. Is your house built on sand or is it on the rock? The answer is, are you obeying the word of God? He doesn't discuss pain. He doesn't discuss suffering. He doesn't discuss difficulty. He doesn't discuss anything else. All he says is, are you obeying or are you disobeying? Don't lose the harmony and unity of the, of the whole section here. Jesus is leading somewhere. He began by the gate. And he's finishing up on the obedience after entering the gate while on the straight and narrow. This is the key. And great is his fall when the storms come. Because he did not exercise himself to obedience to the word of God. If you as a Christian are walking in disobedience, you are carnal. And you are headed down the wrong way. And if you do not deny yourself and obey God in spite of the pain and allow the community of God's redeemed, the church, to pray for you, to, to counsel you, to, to come alongside you and get into the Word and stay on your knees and pray and make yourself accountable. That's the only way you're going to know the true meaning of life and abundancy. If you choose disobedience, you will regret it. Some of you know what it is to bear the fruits of disobedience. And you wish you could go back, but you can't. Disobedience for the men has seemed so wise, so expedient. It's the best thing. But the thing is, down the road, you pick up the tab. The beauty about obedience is I pay the cost right now. I incur myself and God helps me and I gain the benefit on the way. But the problem is the many don't want to bear the cost now. And they deceive themselves that they won't bear it later. You will. You will bear your disobedience one way or another. You get to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, it brings you to the end of yourself, doesn't it? That's the whole purpose. You've got to depend upon Christ. He closes with people being astonished at him, amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one having authority, not like the scribes. He commands you to do all this, and he says, I can empower you to do this. He didn't quote any rabbis or anybody. He did it himself. Let me leave you with three things this morning. One, have you entered the straight and narrow gate? If you have, that's good. Secondly, are you aware that not all will enter the kingdom of God, though they look and sound like Christians? Are you among one of them? Thirdly, are you hearing only or are you obeying the words of Jesus? That will tell you whether you have entered the straight gate and you're on the narrow way or the broad gate 
and the Broadway. You can test yourself this morning and know whether you're on the way. Pastor Xavier Reese with three steps necessary for walking the straight and narrow. And you can request a copy of today's challenging study from the Gospel of Matthew called The Straight and Narrow. Of course, it's available on CD for just $4. And this will include what Pastor Xavier shared last time as well. The title to ask for once again is The Straight and Narrow. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And don't forget to include the call letters of this station when you contact us. Well, in this day and age, what does it take to convince someone of the claims of Jesus Christ? Find out when you tune in to the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com